If there's one thing we've learned about business and life, it's that people are the X Factor. They constantly surprise us, both in amazing ways and not so much. We're Ben and Sia, and welcome to the Gnaw on This Business Bites Podcast. This show is all about real-life things we all deal with every day, how they relate to business, and how to make some sense out of our daily chaos. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Non This Business Bites. I'm Ben. This is Sia. And I want to talk to you guys today about something that I just read on LinkedIn. And it's something that you see over and over again. You see polls, you see you know, conversations, it gets heated, it gets ridiculous, but it's about the four-day work week. And you know, people just said a, a, a poll out there, it says, if you could do a four-day work week that is eight hours a day, four days a week, would this be a good thing? Yes or no? And the poll had 85% yes and 15% no. Well, guess what? I'm definitely in the no category. Why? Because just changing to a 32-hour work week is not going to change anything. Figure it out. We have 40 hours a week. None of us are in the office 40 hours a week. We're in the office 45, 50 hours a week. Sometimes we're in the office 40 hours a week. And then we bring 15 hours a week week home with us to do on nights and weekends and when the time we're supposed to be spending with our kids and our spouses or whatever because we can't get it done. Now, just moving us to a 32-hour work week isn't going to change anything. All it's going to do is mean we're going to bring more work home on those three-day work weekends and we're going to have more work piled up for us on Monday morning when we get back to the office. So we need to change process. We need to change procedure. We need to look at how do we do business? What is the individual person actually capable of? You know, what are we actually able to do and have realistic targets and realistic opportunities so people are not sitting there stressed out, working 50, 60 hours a week, getting burned out, and then taking six months off on insurance because they just can't handle the work, work that's in front of them. So Sia, I'd love you to know on this. You know, what's funny is when I heard about that four day, you know, when you said, Hey, let's talk about that four day work week. And I'm like, Ooh, I've got an opinion on that. And it's, I think that even terminology of a four day work week is like a um, outdated antiquated term. I believe, and I've argued this after the pandemic, it showed us if anything that the idea and concept of a Monday through Friday, I think is evaporated because I've noticed people, they are not working the quote full eight to 10 hours a day. They're taking the time out to run errands or they got to run kids somewhere or, you know, spouses or aging parents or whatever half, you know, doctor's appointments or whatever. Right. The emphasis right now that I see is uh, on health, uh, you know, your self-care and mental wellness has, I think, forced the conversation of a concept of a four day work week. But I'm going to articulate this. I believe there's no such thing as a blah, blah, blah work week. I believe it is. If you have a career or position where you can work remotely uh, on your laptop, PC, whatever you have, that you can work any time of the freaking day, as long as the task that's being required of you is completed. Mm -hmm. So I'm of the food for thought of maybe it's a seven work, seven day work week, but maybe you're only working like, you know, five hours a day. So 
I just think it's distributed. I don't think it's a, you show up for four days and peace out deuces. You got three days to play. I, I don't think that's, I think that's a false misnomer or misconcept. Well, think about it. I mean, especially in the two family world where you have, you know, uh, sorry, the two, two, two working family world where you have two parents that are working and trying to deal with daycare. They're trying to deal with kids' schedules. They're trying to deal with school, trying to do everything else. Having both on the same eight to four timetable where people are mad rushing to get out of the office just so they can pick a kid up from daycare in time so they're not getting penalized the extra two, 300 bucks or whatever it is for picking your kid up late or they're you know just shutting down the daycare and, and that's it, you're done, uh, is stressful to begin with. Having people sit there and say, look, you know, I'm an early morning person. I get up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning. Why don't I do three hours worth of work before everybody gets up? I can get it organized. It'll be sitting there in other people's in baskets when they get into the office. Then I'm going to take a couple hours and I'm going to feed my kid breakfast. I'm going to walk them to school. I'm going to have a cup of coffee with a, with a girlfriend or a, boy, or a boyfriend or whatever and be able to go back to the office and say, okay, now I'm going to do another two, three hours worth of work. Go grab the kid, spend a couple hours in the afternoon, make sure they get a snack, get them off to a, a friends or whatever. And then, you know, make your day out of that. There's no reason to say we have to work eight solid hours. As you said, we need to get stuff done. And I think that if we stop paying people on an hourly basis and start paying them for value, and for output, then I think that we're in a far better place. And I think that that's really where we need to start looking at because there's a lot of things to sit there and say, okay, first of all, are we being unrealistic with the amount of work people can do? That's one question. Then we need to sit there and saying, are we giving people the ability to succeed and are we giving them the tools that they need to be able to do the work that they need to do? And that includes leadership, and that includes process, and that includes communication. There's all sorts of things that come along with it. But I think you're right. Whether somebody's in the office one day a week, three days a week, seven days a week, it doesn't matter if they don't have the tools to do what they need to do and do it effectively. Whoa, 100%. I mean, now you're talking about process, right? And that's the responsibility of like a corporate entity is, do you have your processes in place? Have you given your employees the tools that will properly let them achieve and effectively be part of that process. So, I mean, this is now like getting like way deeper into the weeds on it, but here's where my mind is kind of like going at right now. And maybe for the LinkedIn audience, most people are salaried, but for those that are hourly, uh, there are certain positions um, that do require you have to be there physically, right? If you're gonna be working in the warehouse, for example, right? And you're packing things up physically, like the services industry, you're waiting tables, right? If you're cooking, you kind of have to physically be there. So can't I cook from home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, you can cook from home, but that would be, you know, you cooking for yourself. Exactly. You don't want to talk about the food and beverage people getting after you for cooking from your home, but no, but I, I think we have to be careful to these types of conversations because what I'm worried about in my mind is that there is this, wait a second, if, these quote white collar salary jobs could argue a four day work week. Well, those are lazy butts, right? And here I am struggling working on the factory floor and, or, you know, I'm delivering all day long or I'm doing something nurses, you know, I mean, doctors like first frontline people, right? I worry a little bit that our culture has this mentality of like, well, 
what's good for the goose is good for the gander because not everything's equal. Not everything's apples and apples. It's apples no. and oranges and plums and grapes and, you know, kiwi fruit and dragon fruit and ew, the, and, and for those people that like it, durian fruit. But, you know, I, I, I worry about these types of inflammatory type of articles because I feel you, like it's forcing a cookie cutter mentality. I feel like it's forcing a cookie cutter mentality. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I look at it and sit there going, okay, let's take a look at people in the uh, in the response industries, the, the nurses, the doctors, the, the fire people, the police, the ambulance drivers. None of those people, unless they're working major overtime, are working five days in a row. They are working 10s, and some of them are working 12s, but they're only working four days on, three days off. And I think that, and some of them are working three days on, four days off. Like they'll do, work a four a four day week, they'll get a vacation, then they'll, 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 then they'll work the short week, and then they go back to a four three four three four three. And you know, yes, in those situations, there are they need to be there and they need to be hands on and they need to be this. And the question is, can these people work a ten or twelve hours and be just as as good at at hour eleven as they are at hour eight? I would argue against it, but you know what? I know a lot of nurses and doctors that love those last two, three hours uh, within within the session because that's when they feel that they're on their they're on their best. Some of them are burnt out, some of them are overworked. I get that, but it's a matter of sitting there going, taking a look at the at the profession and saying, do we have enough doctors? Do we have enough nurses? Do we have enough policemen, firemen, etc.? to be able to be have them be effective at what they do. Same thing with factory workers you know giving a factory workers an option to say okay what if you worked four 10-hour days what if you worked four tens you need to we need to, you to be able to put out this much output it's going to take ten, you know eight hours it's going to take 40 hours to get that much output out what if you work four tens so that way you have three days you can shut off you don't you know you've got nothing waiting for you you walk back into the plant on monday morning you turn on the machine and away you go again and you and you've had three days, so there isn't a winner take all decision on this. It, I think every single company has to look at this and say, "How is this going to work for us?" And it's not just the company; it's the people within the company. And how is it going to work for everybody within the company? Yeah, no, one hundred percent, I agree. I, you know, maybe I'm seeing this more frequently just because I'm working with multi-generational folks in the workforce is there is a shift in attitude of you're paying me for this service that I'm going to provide for you as per my employment agreement. Right. And so again, going with, if we work, if you want to market four day work week, right. As a perk or something like that, as an employer, um, I'd be curious to see how they would apply that in a way that you don't create a mentality of I'm here for the duration of my 10 hours because that's what we agreed upon and deuces I'm out of here. Right. Because. But they're going to be the same way if it's a five, you know, five eights as, as, as four eight. It doesn't right. matter. People, people that have that mentality, people that have the quiet quitting, you know, mentality, I'm going to work to rule are going to work to rule regardless. And, and I think, I think that's a that's a problem that is part of a bigger process is that these people don't feel valued, they don't feel listened to, and they don't feel understood. And I think that there's it's far more than the hours of the day you work or the days of the week that you work. I think it comes down to being listened to, understood, and valued, and being able to build processes where people feel like they matter 
Yeah. And I think if people feel like they matter at work, that's going to do a whole bunch of good to make people feel less stressed and make them feel that they're actually being the, what their contributions are, are being, are being seen as, as something that matters. You know, you just, you just thought, I just thought of something here is, and I think it's like a common problem is we have metrics that are put in place, right? Key performance indicators that kind of helps you goal me being in sales. It's your quota, <laughs> right? But there's other things on top of that. I wonder for accountants or other industries, what are those KPIs? I, I would love to hear from those that are in different industries of how are you guys gauged on your performance? And the reason why I ask that is, okay, so if you are have a certain metric that you have to perform against, how often are you thanked or appreciated or acknowledged that, hey, you achieved this particular goal ahead of time, behind time, whatever it might be. I wonder to some degree if we got into that shift in mentality of constantly looking at those KPIs and commenting on it to communicate with the, the staff and team so they do feel that value. So they do feel, even though it might be a marathon, that they're still making headway at checkpoints, if that makes sense. Um, it, it does, but you're you're looking at a bigger problem with that. It's not just the individual accountants or lawyers or consultants or whatever. It's the organizations that they work for that bill by the hour. Mm. And whether you are efficient or you're inefficient is irrelevant. It's how many hours can you bill the client? And I think that that's, that's the bigger challenge. The bigger challenge is we don't want you to work fast. We want you to take an extra six months to do, to do this project. We want you to build that extra report because we can build the customer for it. And I think that that's the problem is to sit there and say, what are the KPIs of the client? What is the client expecting? And then be able to make the changes within the organization so we don't sit there and create this bloating, uh, over, over, you know, over producing organization because that's what's, that's what's expected. And that's how they, how they bump up their billable hours. And I'm not saying every lawyer is like that. I'm not saying every accountant's like that. I'm not saying every consultant's like that. I'm saying that that's how it's perceived. And I think that there's there's a challenge that's in there because it's not, you know, we can't just point at one thing and say, if we change this one thing, everything's going to be good. I think it's how everything works holistically together and be able to take a look at the entire ecosystem and say, how do we change the ecosystem in order to make things better for everybody? Mm, dude, we can keep talking about this, Ben. We could, and maybe we'll do that in a different episode. But for now, I'm Ben. This is Sia. We'll see you soon. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not On This Business Bites. If you liked what you heard, we most humbly ask that you like, share, and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to communicate more effectively within your organization, contact Ben at yourbrandmarketing.com or me, Sia, at innovationmediaenterprises.com. We can help you build your community, brand awareness, and personality through podcasting. We cannot wait to hear from you. So see you next week for another episode of Not On This Business Bites.